It is so exciting to be with you this weekend. My name is Andy, and my wife Beth and I have been friends of your lead pastors for probably more years than we want to admit, but I am so honored to be able to be speaking to you this weekend. So thank you so much, Pastor Carolyn and Pastor Brian, for allowing me the opportunity to just share some encouragement with you this weekend. Isn't technology incredible? I'm here in our worship center in Dayton, Ohio, and I get to share with you from the States all the way to Stockholm what God is doing in our church. And I pray that this is an encouragement to you this weekend. So whether you're watching from home or you're live with us in our worship center, let's open in a word of prayer. God, I thank you so much. I speak a blessing over Stockholm Community Church, and I thank you that Victory Church gets to partner with them and see them grow and influence in their community and in their surrounding areas. So I thank you for the word that we're about to hear and pray that it would help us to grow closer to you. Please take this information and allow me to add application so that we can see transformation in every area of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. What a 2020 we've already seen. We're approaching the halfway point of 2020, and I think it's probably pretty fair to say this will go down as a historical year. As we look at what we've walked through from a pandemic to different issues, we can easily find ourselves in a situation where we say, I don't know what to do. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Well, for me, a lot of times, I try to figure it out. I try to put together some sort of plan. I, I Google something or I just say, hey, I'm, I'm smart enough to try to work this thing out. But I've noticed this, that any decision that does not begin and end with God always results in disappointment. Let me say it again. I'm, I'm, I'm a note taker. So if you're taking notes while you're watching, you might want to write that down and you can circle back to it uh, later this week as you recap any decision that does not begin and end with God often ends with disappointment. So you can try to figure it out, but what happens is we often end up disappointed and we walk away frustrated and we are tempted just to, just to quit, just to throw in the towel and say, it's not worth it. So what do you do when there's nothing you can do? Well, what if we were to invite God into our frustration? That by faith, in fact, Hebrews tells us that faith is the one thing that pleases God. And so what if by faith we said, I don't know what to do, God. I invite you into this situation. So what I want to do this weekend as you're watching with us is I want to communicate to you one of my favorite passages in Scripture for one of my favorite books in Scripture, the book of James. Now, James was the brother of Jesus. And here's some interesting things about James. Not only was he the brother of Jesus, but he did not come to a life-believing relationship with Jesus until after an incredible thing happened. What was that incredible thing? The resurrection of Jesus. I mean, what would it take for you to believe that your brother was indeed the Savior of the world? So James comes to this life-changing relationship with Jesus, and in James chapter 1, we begin the reading, and this is so incredible. James 1.1 says this, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I know it's just the first verse, but don't, don't miss the significance of that. 
he identifies Jesus as the servant of God and as Lord. That's huge. I'm sure they grew up with some sibling rivalry and I'm sure they were compared. And James now acknowledges, my brother, he is the Messiah. And he starts off by acknowledging that. In verse number two, we find one of the most challenging but rewarding scriptures in all of the Bible. James, verse, James chapter one, verse two. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Whether right now you're battling to be the best parent you can be, maybe you're walking through some marital issues, or maybe you just feel like you're, you're spiritually kind of stagnant. James says, when you walk through those trials, some incredible things can happen. I've noticed this in my life, and I'm sure that if you've looked back on your years, trials are always where transformation takes place. You see, trials, what they do is they, they test our confidence, but they also increase our capacity to trust God. So James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith, verse 3, the testing of your faith, it produces perseverance. In other words, James says, that thing inside of you that says, I'm not going to quit, that thing inside of you that says, I'm not going to throw the towel in, I'm not going to tap out, I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to walk away from the relationship, that thing called perseverance, it has to finish its work. An interesting side note, James emerges in the first century as a leader in the church. What I find so fascinating is in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said, there's going to be this thing that he's going to build. It's going to be so energetic, so powerful that not even the gates of hell will be able to prevail against it. And James is now an emerging leader in that thing that we call the church. Matthew 16, when Jesus first used the word church, he used a little Greek word called ekklesia, powerful. It means a gathering of God's people. So James in the first century, he's among these gatherings. He's among God's people and he's emerging as a leader. So right now as you're watching and you're sitting maybe at home or maybe you're sitting in a congregation, know this, that you're a gathering of God's people. You are the church. You're built to walk through trials together. And so when James begins to roll out these guidelines for walking through challenging times. He says, hey, let this challenge, let it change you. Let this trial, let it transform you. A lot of us may think, well, does God really test us? I love a story out of John chapter six. Jesus had just finished feeding thousands, or excuse me, he had just finished ministering to thousands and thousands of people. And he looks over at Philip and he goes, hey, where are we going to get enough money to feed all these people? And Philip is just kind of throws his hands up and goes, I, I have no idea. Watch what it says. It says, Jesus was testing Philip. John 6, verse 6. If you're taking notes, write that down. Jesus was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. I've noticed this from years of being a follower of Jesus, that God often is already working out what I'm worried about. God is already ahead of me, and if I'll just rest inside of his presence, I'll find comfort. 
I'll find peace. The Bible says in Psalm 1611 that inside of the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. Well, let's go back to what James is saying. James says, let perseverance finish its work. In other words, if you're in the middle of a trial, if you're in the middle of a storm, take a deep breath. Maybe right now as you're watching, just take that deep breath. Take your focus off of what the enemy is doing and remind yourself what God has already done. Maybe breathe in the verse of victory. Maybe breathe in a reminder that God is with you. God can comfort you. He can bring rest to your soul. He can calm that anxiety. He can give you wisdom to parent he can give you the ability to say, you know what? My marriage is not done. It's not over. He can restore your finances. So he says, let perseverance finish its work. Let perseverance finish what it has to do so that you can be mature and complete. I want to be a mature follower of Jesus. I want to be complete. He says, not lacking anything. In other words, there's no holes in your spiritual game. Meaning that as you walk with Jesus, you're able to say, God, would you make sure that every area of my life, from my, from my finances to my relationships to all the areas that are significant, I don't want to have any holes in my spiritual game. That's why it's so important when Paul addressed the church in Galatia, Galatians chapter 5, he says, there are these things called the fruit of the Spirit. And I want you to walk in them. Galatians chapter 5, he gives us a list. And the list of the fruit of the Spirit are things like love and joy and peace and patience, goodness, gentleness, mercy, and self-control. As you reflect and write down some of those things, I'm sure the Holy Spirit will show you and reveal to you, hey, maybe we need to work on our patience. Maybe we need to work on our self-control. As perseverance is finishing its work, allow God to speak to you. Because what he wants to do through the Spirit is to be able to give you the ability to have persevering faith. I know a lot of times we walk through, whether it's seasons like 2020, or whether it's marital difficulties, or maybe again, you just feel spiritually like you've hit a plateau. God is wanting you to have what I call a persevering faith. When James says, let perseverance finish its work, what I want to encourage you is have a persevering faith. Let that be your focus. Too often as followers of Christ, we, we want our focus to be on perfect behavior, not a persevering faith. Perfect behavior would be incredible, but that's not in our DNA. We're flawed, not that we give license to sin or not that we just throw grace on something, but we all are human. We all, we all mess up. We all miss the mark. And so instead of trying to have a goal of perfect behavior, what if we said, God, help me with my persevering faith? James then speaks right to me. He speaks right to you. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously without finding fault. Oh, James 1.5 is one incredible, it's a game changer verse. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be 
given to you. What a, what a powerful reminder. Maybe you rolled into church this morning and you're just struggling. God, I need the strength. I need the wisdom to know what to do in this business situation. God, I need the wisdom to know what to do and, and, and how to have discernment with my children. God, I need the wisdom to know what to do to give this person advice or to pray through this opportunity. James says God has that wisdom just ready and waiting for you. We have three incredible children and growing up, we, we worked on this definition of wisdom. It was the ability to see current circumstances with a broader context. I'm going to write that down. Wisdom. The ability to see my current circumstances with the broader context. If you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You see, oftentimes we allow our current circumstances to determine our entire faith. And as children grow up, that's what we do. We see a breakup, a failed test, a missed opportunity, something socially, you know, we, we're embarrassed or we feel out of place. We allow that current circumstance to ruin our day, our week, our school year. But as we mature, we begin to go, wait, wait, my current circumstances should not destroy my faith. And so what happens is we move from a circumstantial faith to an authentic faith. Let me, just, let me just teach on this for a moment. I think there are so many of us that early in our walk with God, and maybe you're a new follower, or maybe you've only been in church a few years, you're kind of starting to figure this thing out, or maybe you're a seasoned saint, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, and you're amening. What happens is we need to move from circumstantial faith to authentic faith. I remember when I had circumstantial faith. Circumstantial faith says this, What's happening now determines what I believe now. As long as everything is good, God is good. As long as I get the job, as long as everything is good, as long as life is wrinkle-free, as long as all the lights are green, as long as I get what I want, God is good. But that's circumstantial. Circumstantial faith is very fragile because it's, it's unstable. Like we aren't sure what tomorrow holds, but authentic faith reminds us that when we go through trials, when we go through seasons where we don't know what to do, an authentic faith says, I trust in God. I trust more in God than my circumstances. I believe Romans 8 when it says God will work all things out for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Therefore, I can have this authentic faith that perseveres beyond my circumstances. Verse number 6, and we'll begin to wrap up with this. He says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Can I tell you, friend, sometimes you'll find that your greatest faith is on the other side of your biggest doubt. You will find that your, your, your ability to trust God is on the other side of your current trial. Now, we don't want to go through these things, but God often allows circumstances into our life to increase our capacity to trust him. So he says, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. I love that reference. 
I wonder if James had a mental picture of a story that was being retold by one of the early followers named Peter. Many of you are aware that Peter was one of the first disciples. And when James says, blown and tossed by the wind, I wonder if Peter was in the audience. You see, Peter's the one that had the faith to get out of the boat and walk on the water for a minute. But when he saw the waves, when he saw the wind, he began to doubt and Jesus rescued him. What an incredible picture for us right now. Maybe right now you're overwhelmed with worry. Maybe right now the circumstances of life have just, it's just brought you to your knees. You can say, God, I need you right now. I believe. I'm not going to doubt. I trust you. As I mentioned a little bit ago, I'm standing in our worship center here in Dayton, Ohio. And I remember over 10 years ago, when my wife Beth and I, when we first walked in these doors, there were 22 people at our very first service. And I remember some of our biggest encouragers were Pastor Carolyn and Pastor Brian. And they would, they would send us texts and they would say, I'm praying for you. They would encourage us. They've been to visit us several times and they've sat here and they've been our biggest fans. And when they decided to launch Stockholm Community Church, I said, God, let Beth and I be a source of encouragement for them. Let us be their, their biggest fans. And I'm so excited to hear all the incredible things that are coming out of Stockholm Community Church that you are doing amazing things, that God is allowing you to have influence in your community, to lead people to Jesus. And so when James reminds us, don't doubt, have faith, you're going to need the wisdom. You're going to need to tap into that supernatural source, that spirit that will draw you closer to God. So let me do this as we land this message this weekend. Let me ask you this. Why don't you take a moment and why don't you view your current circumstance that's causing you to be overwhelmed? The thing that you've been trying to figure out, what is it? Is it a family situation that right now there's just a bunch of tension and you don't know how to deal with it? Is there something in your family right now that you would say, God, I need your wisdom I need your ability to be able to know exactly what to say, when to say it, how to say it, what to do. Maybe there's a family issue that you'd say, God, I need you right now. Maybe you're in a financial, uh, just you, you, maybe you made a, a, a poor choice. Maybe you're upside down and you just don't know what to do when it comes to inviting God into your finances. He wants to be included. Trust him. Take a step of generosity and say, by faith, God, I believe that you'll do something so incredible in this area of my life. It takes a lot of faith to say, God, I trust you in the thing that we often hold closest to our lives. What about right now with your community? That we are the church, as I mentioned earlier. We are a gathering of God's people. Right now, there are those, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's somebody you're sitting next to. Our community needs to know that we have the ability not to try to figure out, but to try to by faith trust God that he will work out whatever you're walking through with purpose. So maybe it's a family thing, a financial thing, a community thing. It could be a parental thing. I've been there and I'm sure you've been there where you're just battling. Like, how do I win this battle? 
Well, invite God into that situation and say, Lord, I need your wisdom to help me with this. Lastly, maybe this weekend there's something personally that you'd say, Andy, I'm just, I've been battling this habit. I've been battling this mindset. I'm trying to overcome previous decisions. And personally, I just feel out of sync with what God has for my life. There's no better opportunity for you to say, God, I invite you into this situation. I invite you into my life right now. See, I believe this, that you can't often choose the position which you find yourself in, but you can always choose the posture in which you take. And I always want to take a posture of saying, God, I need you. Let me be humble and invite you in. I don't want to just try to figure it out because I think that I can. I want to invite faith into the situation so that, God, you will work all things out for your good. So Stockholm Community Church, where's the area right now that you would say, I don't know how to figure this out, but by faith, I'm going to invite God into that. In just a moment, I want to pray for you. And I am so honored to be able to spoke just for a little bit into your life. My wife, Beth, and I, we're praying for you. And we're so grateful that you're praying for us. Again, Pastor Carolyn, Pastor Brian, thank you for the opportunity to be able to connect with you. And I do hope in the not-too-distant future to be able to visit you in person. Now, let's take just a moment and let's pray together. God, I thank you that in whatever area we currently see a deficit, maybe we feel defeated, that we're now going to invite you into that. We're going to ask God that you would help us to overcome offenses, to forgive someone that we've been holding bitterness or anger against, to trust you if we're in a current trial that we don't know how to figure things out. Give us wisdom where we feel deficient. Give us the opportunity to say, God, help me apply your word to my life. Help me as I apply your word to drown out worry. Help me to worship my way. Allow the presence of God to fill my room, to fill my life, to fill every situation with your joy. And God, today, if there's someone that would say, I need to invite you, Jesus, into my life, we pray right now that by faith we'll say, God, thank you for sending your son to be my savior. I invite you, Jesus, into my life. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that I need you, and I place my faith in you. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin and allowing me to walk by faith in the Spirit to know exactly what I need to do. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all together say, Amen. Well, again, Stockholm Community Church, we are praying for you. We are so grateful for the partnership. And from Dayton, Ohio, we again say hello. Have a great day.